Hey there, Freedom Fighters. My name is Andrew Warner. I'm the founder of Mixergy, where I interview entrepreneurs about how they built their businesses for an audience of real entrepreneurs who are determined, ambitious, and just frankly, just love this stuff. Um, joining me is someone who is in the audience and who I've gotten to know over the years and who a few years ago said, Andrew, what do you think of the idea of me buying a few sites and just improving them and making more money than they made on their own and building this collection? And I said, I think that's just too, you're, you're spreading your energy around too many things. Why not just pick one and focus? And I don't remember if he responded back to me, but I do know that he decided to go off anyway and do it. And then he'd started checking in with me from, from time to time and say, Andrew, this idea that you didn't think was going to work, here's how well it's doing. This idea that you didn't think is going to work, here's how well it's doing. And the numbers just kept getting better and better and better and better. And it, I'm in awe. I'm amazed. And I'm impressed, and I invited him here to talk about how he did it. His name is Rohit Gandrakota. I didn't pronounce that right. Rohit Gandrakota. I realized yes. before this call that I don't really say your last name, but Rohit is a very common first name, and I've said it. Last name is not, um, but it's it's a, it's a it's a difficult for my friends from India to pronounce it. So <laughs> even for India. Yeah, yeah. Even for Indians, it's a difficult last name. It's only for Starbucks employees who I, I don't get along with. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And what he did was, tell me if I've got this right. You bought a content site? Yes. You improved yeah, it? Yeah, so what the, the, the part okay. that you didn't believe is that you can just buy something off the shelf in sites like Empire Flippers, right? Uh, that no, I, I thought part that part that made you... sense. Maybe if you get one okay. and then improve it. But you specifically right. said lots. And I have a problem personally with... Mm -hmm with spreading focus too far. And so in it's just me, obviously people have made it work, but I like just doing one thing focused all the way. What you did though was, if I understand it right, you bought content sites, all very similar, similar model behind every one of these businesses of improving the content, making it more search engine optimized and um, running ads, largely affiliate ads on them. And you'd make more money than they made when when they were running before you and sometimes you sell them. Is that the model? Yeah, that's exactly the model. Mostly affiliate, uh, it's not really ads, right? It's, uh, um, you know, referral to a product, which when they buy, you can make a cut of the revenue, uh, which is, I feel slightly more reliable than ads, uh, which is just display ads. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. Because Amazon does not change their payouts very often. Others don't. And uh, and, and the model is pretty straightforward. Tell people about a product. If they want to buy it, they go buy it. Wirecutter kind of does that, that model too. Yeah. Right? The, yeah. the New York Times Absolutely. site. All right. There and are also challenges. It's more, uh, more revenue per uh, visitor, right? You make uh, 150 to 200. I mean, that's kind of like our one metric to look at. What is the revenue per visitor, but revenue per thousand visitors that the current site is making? And uh, if it is, we know that 150 to 200 is possible. So if it is making 50, we know that there is a two, three X opportunity. Uh, if, and when they make 50, $50 per thousand uh, hits. Yeah. What are, what are they doing differently from what you're doing? Is it that they're running ads and you're switching to affiliates or something else? Uh, that is possible. Uh, they're running ads and on ads, 50 is like the extreme case. That is the best case scenario. So you know that immediately by switching, it's possible. They just didn't uh, optimize their site well. They have affiliate links too down in the trenches that not okay. enough people are clicking on it. So just by changing the design of all the pages, we can probably increase it from 50 to 100. Let's say they're making 50 bucks and all 50 is coming from affiliate. I can guarantee you overnight it can go up to 100 at least, right? 
Okay. I should say that there are challenges with this business. We'll talk about what the revenue is. So things are going well, but there are challenges. And so he's shifting his attention now to a services business. It's called automationengineer.io. And what they do is, you know, there's some people who just using Zapier and Airtable and other tools, no code tools, largely, they automate their businesses so well that things just work with fewer people. Well, what he does at Automation Engineer is he's he will do that for businesses. He'll automate the way that they work. And if you're really into systems and automations, you, you get why this is exciting. Let's talk revenue. How are you doing revenue-wise with these businesses that you've been buying and improving? Sure. So in 2020, last year, we did 1.4 million. 1.4 million last year. How much of that is profit? Yeah. Uh, so the uh, book profit is like 700K. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, which means that we spent another 700k, right? Um, out of the 700k, almost like 500k is spent on new projects, right? Not on sustaining. So if I were to like list my business, I don't know if you're mm-hmm. familiar with like ad backs and all. So the expenses for running the business are around 300k, 1.1 million, but that is not the profit on, on the books, right? So it's because then that you because... take some of that profit, you invest it in new ideas. Yes. You and I've talked about a crypto uh, set of ideas that you're interested in. Yes. We've obviously talked about automation engineer and others, and that's where you're putting your money right now. Yes, exactly. You did have a job though. What was the problem with the job that you had? Oh my God. There's <laughs> no problem. I was uh, loving uh-huh. my job. I loved my okay. team. Everything was going great. I was asked to take a new role in my job and I was glad and it was a difficult decision. Should I focus on the business? Should I focus on the job? Everything, both of them I love. And uh, after I took my new role, they asked, they, they gave me a promotion. My title changed from like senior manager to director. And I was like all excited. And I went on a vacation right after that. And my manager went on a vacation. So it was one month before I talked to him and I came back after a month and they told me it was a mistake that they never intend to promote me. So I, I, it was disheartening. I'm usually good with uh, uh, pushing through small obstacles. Yeah. But in this case, I just could not get myself to work. So I would park my car in the parking lot and I don't want to go walk into my uh, office at all. And uh, it's just, I mean, something internally changed and it was so hard for me to convince myself to work. And that is when I said, I mean, I, I mentally quit at that instant, right? So there's nothing wrong with my job. It's just that incident that made me lose my motivation to work for a company. And meanwhile, you'd been doing a podcast called Breaking Borders, Breaking the Borders, right? Interviewing people, understanding things about the world beyond the, the one that you'd grown up going, uh, going for. And what were you learning? What was, what was it that was shaping the way you were thinking about what you could do with your life? I'm, I have to thank you so much for that, Andrew, because it was from your interview, your hero's course that I actually started gaining confidence interviewing the first three. I mean, I'm so excited for the book that you're releasing, to be honest. I want I to so read it from end to end. Uh, so first five interviews or whatever, I'd be like this little needy intern, the, uh, right? Like asking questions. <laughs> and from the 10th interview onwards, after your interview, your hero's course, in fact, after the first week, I loved it so much. I reached out to your team said, give me access to all the, all the modules and you, you obliged, right? You actually gave me, and I went through it all interviewed. So I learned, like I met like two types of people, right? One set of people who are exceptional, who are just, whose thinking is changes you as a person. There's one guy called like Karan Bajaj. He sold a company for $300 million just last year. This was after I interviewed him, right? When I interviewed him, he was just writing books and stuff. Um, 
and uh, the way he was thinking was just next level right so people like that inspired me and there was this guy nitin pachisha he was uh, running a venture fund for immigrants and he told me one statement he said uh, like just focus on the business don't worry about immigration so i was on an immigration on a visa which now where it was not allowed to work on your own business and all that right he said uh, focus on the business and immigration will take care of itself and if your lawyer says uh, he can't do it get another lawyer right like yeah, don't that, take their word for it so that's the mindset shift that's yes. the mindset shift that i've seen that someone said to you if the lawyer tells you something's not possible get a new lawyer so it's not yes. no longer you saying these experts know but you now getting to pick the experts who get you the results that you want instead of taking Absolutely. what they're telling you and so you Absolutely. started seeing all this meanwhile you were looking around for different ideas how did you meet josh Yeah Josh is my business partner and I was uh, podcasting at that time and uh, I was listening to a lot of podcasts also so I randomly hit up a podcast on uh, uh, on 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 some podcast I can't remember okay. right yep. now where Josh was on and he said I'm looking for uh, investors so at this time I was not really sure at this time actually I wanted to uh like i had this fascination to do a mba always and that was about the time right like i did my masters i was working in the corporate world for f- uh, 5 years and that was a perfect time but when i talked to mba folks they said it was not like useful like most of the mba grads i talked to uh kind of regretted the decision or i mean not regret is a strong word but almost all of them said if they were to go back they wouldn't do it which made me question the decision so i said Uh, I mean, I saw this from Tim Ferriss and others that let me do a real life MBA, right? Like uh, it will cost me two hundred thousand dollars. I'll take fifty thousand dollars and invest in other businesses. Uh, and uh, at that time, I came across Empire Flippers and all. And I also heard this podcast where this guy said, "I'm looking for investors." So this guy Josh, he said he's looking for investors, and he's like a child prodigy. He bought his first site when he was like he started building sites from thirteen. He sold Xboxes when he was eight, and like he's just a genius guy, right? so i started working with him and i realized he does not need an investor he actually needs a business partner i was whatever is in his head uh, it goes away after he moves on to a new project i with my corporate experience i was like a manager at that time so i was already building teams and building processes and you know managing a team and to do things independently and stuff like that so all i did was for an year almost i took everything in his head and put it into sops which is where like the foundation of automation engineer right i was so passionate about that stuff already in my corporate life and it is the exact same thing in the business passionate about sops passionate about business processes and sops ah, okay. is uh, uh, a way right like you first try to uh eliminate things i mean we have this principle of eliminate automate delegate right like you uh-huh. try to f- figure out a way to not do something right can we get rid of it give me an example I, of an, an sop yeah. standard operating procedure right that's what that's what it's called this is the yes. way you document a process what is it that yeah. you would document yeah so this is like the third step right uh, is what i'm saying you try to eliminate if you can't eliminate you try to automate through zapiers and stuff you can't do that then that is when you delegate you make a detailed uh, process so for example like write, writing outlines for uh, an article there is a one type of article for which we made a outline which is 20 pages long and we built a macro which uh, which pops up a screen which are the selection which are the sections you want to select and a va selects sections using some logic and it automatically generates a, a outline which we send off to the writers right so it's yeah. a mixture of automation and uh, uh, a standard operating procedure which shows 
based on the topic, how to pick uh, which sections to uh, include in the article. Okay. All right. And so you documented, can you give me an example of something that he did back then that you came in and documented and helped out or that, that he would have moved on past, but you helped systemize and organize? Um, uploading uh, articles, it takes an hour to upload one article because you need to get the right media, right everything. To a right. WordPress? So, oh, because you need to get the image. It's not just uploading it. You're saying it's yeah. putting it all together. Putting it all together. Including it writing? An hour after writing is done. After writing is done, wow. Is done just to publish is a one-hour job. And uh, we wrote detailed instructions on put this here, don't put more than two paragraphs without image or five paragraphs without image and uh, try to break it up this way. Sections should be H1, this should be H2, and this should all Got look it. good. At the end of it all, we have a different person who's like slightly higher level who like verifies this work. So that's an SOP that we did, right? Like we have like over hundred SOPs at this stage. Okay, we I'm buy a site. So and what you're saying is he would have moved on. It would have been a drag to keep doing all the work. And so he wouldn't have continued. You, instead of saying, let's move on, you said, let's systemize this. Let's delegate it. Let's automate it. Let's find a way to make it work. And that's the part that you brought in. Then the two of you, I guess, 20, 2016, you found a business on Flippa in the welding space. So this is a blog, right? It sounds like a WordPress blog. Yeah. It was doing yes. how much money? It was, I mean, it was less than 500 bucks actually to buy the site. It was not earning any money. It was just okay. having a few uh, hundred visitors. Uh, we bought it for dirt cheap. And uh, I think one of us paid for it and we didn't even transfer the money, right? And we started putting uh, content on the site, which six months later, it was making like 500 a month. Uh, and it was an extremely profitable niche at that time. Now it's not so anymore. But at that time, there were so many people searching for welding content and no one was writing about it. So the first article we wrote started ranking. So we wrote about MIG welders, TIG welders, like, like I don't even know, gas welding. Have you ever welded anything in your life? No, never. No. So how'd you know, how'd you know what to write, what to say? Uh, we don't know what to write, but we, don't know, we know what to write about, which is the most important aspect, right? So we do like detailed keyword research. And we'll know what is related to welding that people are searching for. And then we look at the competition out there. Let's say TIG, best TIG welder is something that people are searching for. And uh, we know that there is demand for it, right? There are like thousand searches per month, let's say. Uh, and uh, the, the, uh, the competition on best TIG welders is a very poorly written article or very low domain ranking site. So I know that I can do better than this just in terms of visuals, if not for the information also, right? Uh, I can do way better than what I see here. So I go into that in, into that topic, I write about it. It's a kind of like a mixture of art and science. You have the data and also you need to figure out like these, we got into niches, we have no idea about like welding, for example. So we want to know MIG welding is connected to TIG welding. So we look at the site, which are written by these passionate people to see what are the other topics they're writing about. And we do the research on those topics as well. And we okay. find adjacent topics and so on. So basically you're doing book reports on the topics that you see the internet is looking for information on. Book reports? What is a book report? Book reports meaning like, um, maybe it's not a book report, but where you're doing a research assignment, you're going out and saying, what can I learn online? Put it together in an article that fits what our people are looking for, add it on the site. Yeah. And then for welding, I'm assuming you can't do a 
Amazon affiliate program, can you? You can. Yeah, yeah. There are $1,000 welders that are sold on Amazon. We did only Amazon actually to start with. And then uh, people were buying these $1,000 welding tools? They were. Yeah, they were buying it just by reading our article. It blew my mind too, right? Or two, right? Like the first month or so we made like $7. We sold like a $140 product or something. Uh, it's which was a mind blowing. And yeah, six months later, we were routinely selling $1,000 products on Amazon through our affiliate links. And was it you mostly writing in the beginning until you found someone to delegate it to? No, that was a part, right? Like I did not know how to write. And at the I started off with not doing the work ourselves, right? So from day one, I brought a team of uh, three people, like one VA, one project manager. <laughs> These people were actually working on my podcast at that time. So I just said, uh, I'll pay you through my podcast, but just work on this also. Okay. And uh, and uh, writers, you would just hire. Writer is the only expense that we would have, yeah. which me and my partner would share. But we would go out there to Upwork and find actual people. Upwork I mean, at that is where you we, found the best writers. Uh, yes. Upwork, uh, uh, free e-up. I don't know if you know, it's like another freelancing software, which uh, okay. had decent writers at that time. Uh, yeah. What's your process for finding good writers? You give them a test? So at, back then we didn't have process for writing good writers, right? So that is the part we changed mostly. Now we, uh, uh, now what we do is we hire like the experts of the experts on Upwork or anywhere that we can find and have them review other writers work. These experts work at like $500 an hour. We can't afford to use them for writing. It takes four hours to write an article and that's a $2,000 article. There's just no way. But uh, we find writers also through Upwork and other places. We use also content agencies like Content Refined and a few other places. And when the content comes back, we have the experts kind of uh, see it. And so we know who is a better writer, who is kind of, knowledgeable oh, about so you the use, you use the most expensive writers to help you figure out who the cheaper writers are who are really good yes ah okay right. they submit the same article for the same topic and then you send it over or is it always a different article uh usually if i am if i have three or four writers they all write the same article in the first and second rounds and actually they don't even know that there are rounds going on right so we just that is like one of our sops about hiring right we just uh give them real work. We trust them from day one. We never interview. We give them real work and they keep dropping people along the way. And in okay. three or four iterations of working, we always find the best people. Okay. All right. And so and, you can... and, and, and the beauty of this process is that uh, it eliminates uh, false positives, obviously, that people who sound really well, but they don't do good work, but it also finds false negatives because people who sound terrible, but they do amazing work. These false negatives are the biggest discovery because they can never get another job, right? I mean, I'm not, I'm happy if they're able to find another job, but they interview terribly, their, their application is very bad. They will, and these people have stuck with us for long term. Uh, you're saying by giving people usually. real work, you're finding that you sometimes find people who are good at the job, but suck at the whole interview process. Yes. And so they're not going to be going out and finding a lot of other jobs. They're, they're easier to keep. All right, let me take a moment to talk about my first sponsor. It's SEMrush, uh, which actually they're great for all online marketing. But let me ask you this, since they're also good for search engine optimization, do you have one tip for somebody who's new to search engine optimization that they could go to SEMrush and try or anywhere else? Yeah, uh, we mostly use HF, but even in SEMrush, you can try to focus on like the long tail, mm -hmm. which means that don't try to go after best uh, 
TIG welders, right? Best TIG welders for doors, best TIG welders for windows, right? Like try to find all the long tail keywords mm -hmm. and uh, make a subset of the keywords that are connectable and make an article around that. Ah, right? so multiple keywords that all seem to fit into the same article and go with that. Okay. Whether you're using SEMrush or, or other tools, and there are other tools yes. for SEO. I think that makes sense. If anyone does want to try SEMrush, and you've seen that many of my guests use them, um, I'm going to let you use them for free right now. All you have to do is go to Mixergy.com slash SEMrush. That's M-I-X-E-R-G-Y.com slash S-E-M-R-U-S-H. And you can just use it for free, explore it, and see if it's a good fit. If it is, great, continue. You can pay. If it's not, move on. All right. Um, how do you know which sites to buy? Uh, so one is uh, the upside potential by if you just want to flip it right i mean we never flipped a site but oh, the revenue per thousand visitors what is the range of it if it is at 150 bucks 200 bucks we are not going to buy the site because there is no there's no margin in the deal right like if things don't work out or all our growth opportunities don't pan out there is nothing to give right so we are looking for a site which is under monetized we love ugly sites it's like we buy ugly houses right yeah, yeah ugly sites i love it and, and what makes wow. it ugly is obviously the looks, but also you're saying they don't put their ads at the right spot. They don't know how to monetize their articles. That's what you're looking for because there you're saying, even if we don't increase traffic at all, we can increase revenue. Yes, that's right. Okay. The best ugly sites are the ones which are not complete in the sense that they are, it's a passion project for someone and they wrote about 100 topics they're passionate about. And they're getting so much revenue. There are these another 200 topics that they can write about, which generates two times revenue, right? But they just they never touched it because they think not many, like they're not looking at it from demand angle, right? They're looking at yeah. it from supply angle. So that those are the best uh, ugly Meaning they're there. looking at what do they care about? And if the, yeah. the one subsection is what they care about, great. And then they forget the rest. I'm looking, for example, yeah. at, so we agreed before the interview started that we wouldn't give uh, the specific domains out. And I'll ask you why in a moment, but I'm looking at one for HVAC. I could see that somebody would say, I'm in the HVAC business. Why would I want to write about fans? You know, little yeah. fans that people put on their desk, but you say, you know, there's enough of a demand for it. Let's write a few articles on fans. People can go into Amazon and pop a fan into their shopping cart. And if they buy anything else along the way, we also make money from that. Yeah. Even worse, they would have written an informational article about fans, right? They will write details about uh, mechanics of fan and stuff like that, but they never write an affiliate article about fans. Right, you if you're already ranking for informational content on fans. It's so easy to rank for affiliate content for fans because Google already sees you as an authority. Ah. But, so we add the uh, this thing on the fans, uh, the affiliate content on the fans, and boom, it makes like whatever two times more, right? Okay, so. I see. And then you've got like another one, another one, other one of the other things that you do there is you will then link out to specific fan brands like there's Craftmade, there's emerson etc and so you'll start writing pages for each one of those and then you'll start ranking for that okay so it's i see a little bit of how the machine works why are we not telling people what these domains are uh someone can copy it entirely and uh, it will take an year for google to take them down or whatever right and uh, i don't sure? want to have Has that happened yeah it actually happened so we listed a site on empire flippers which never sold it was on there for an year and it never sold. And six months later, we had 20 copycats. 
and uh, they bought domains which are not even connected to the niche it was an outdoor niche site and they bought this website called uh, related to sql which had the high domain authority and started writing like copycatting the content exactly uh. and we had to hire a lawyer and take send take down notices dmca complaints and it was i mean we, our site took a hit right like we went from in a month we went from uh, uh, like making like uh, 50k in revenue to 30k in revenue just because the competition caught up right like we also had other hits so it was just a drastic drop that happened and uh, after the complaints and all that things started improving but it was just a nightmare to deal with it so which is why i don't tell the domain names publicly so one of the problems that happened as we were talking things were going good and then things weren't and one of those problems that made things go less well is google change your algorithm what happened internally for you yeah so google changed algorithm and uh, overnight things changed right and it impacted our uh, like one site at a time so suddenly a site making 5k a month makes 500 and uh, which is and all the other sites will be okay so this happened intermittently like every 6 months or so some drastic change uh, happens i mean like beginner's luck the first one one and a half year nothing happened every google update we only saw a positive change but after the first one and a half year every 6 months or so a site making 5k drops to zero and uh, uh, then we realized that uh, uh, at the end of the day, we are not like the experts in this industry, right? Like in this niche, we are not there here or like, let's say for welding or HVAC or outdoors, we are not here to push the envelope of knowledge in these niches, right? We are here to make uh, money more or less. So mm -hmm. we wanted to a do work that we are proud of, that we are proud of sharing with the other people, right? Like I'm not ashamed of sharing what mm -hmm. I'm working on. It's just, it's acceptable, but I'm not proud of building a welding site, right? Like I'm not a welder by trade. Yep. So I really wanted to do things that I'm proud of. And uh, I, I also thought that doing that will kind of immune us from Google updates and where we have more control. We have a direct relationship with people who are coming to our site, who are working with us and so on. So we really wanted to do things that we are passionate about, that we are proud of, that we can uh, keep doing for 10 years. Right. All right. Let me take a moment to talk about my second sponsor is HostGator. In the context of what you've done, do you think somebody can go to HostGator where you can host a WordPress site and start building a site from scratch on a topic? Or do you think it needs to be something that already exists? You can start building uh, things from scratch, but it has to be a relatively underdone uh, niche, right? Uh, for example, like crypto is a great example. Mm -hmm. uh, if you go to uh, SEMrush and look for crypto-related keywords, there is so much out there where there's huge demand, but not enough supply. So I would absolutely create a crypto site from scratch. Got it. Pick a topic that's brand new and then write content just about that topic. As you're doing it, think about... Um, what people are looking for, not just what are you passionate about writing about, and then monetization. Do you think something like crypto could be monetized with Amazon? Doesn't seem like crypto, it. Yeah, crypto probably cannot be done with Amazon, but it's uh, monetizable with ads. So you can make 50 to 100 bucks uh, per thousand visitors, not 150 to 200, which okay. is, and we can make it profitable even at that range. You think maybe there's But, uh, but uh, uh -huh. it will offset with uh, significantly higher traffic, right? Like crypto will get two, three times more traffic than a product related uh, site. So though you're uh, making less per visitor, you'll have three times more visitors. So what's a crypto yeah. site that you think, what's a topic in crypto that you think would be interesting? 
uh crypto dashboards so there is so much information out there that i often find uh, uh i often see gaps in figuring out how to get certain amount of data for example like curve is a protocol on crypto which uh has gives it the fees it generates it evenly distributes to all its uh, token holders Mm-hmm. so i just want to know the percentage what is all the fees generated today how much of it is went to the users there is no way to look at that so if i build a information site on content like this for every protocol i think that can do decently well oh, got it all right listen up people whether it's this idea or any of the other ones that i've used in the ads for hostgator if you need a website hosted if i'd suggest you go to hostgator and the reason that i like hostgator is it's a dependable company been around for years their stuff just works and oh yeah it's inexpensive. And in fact, if you use my URL, you're going to get an even lower price than they ordinarily charge. Here's the URL, hostgator.com slash Mixergy. I hosted Mixergy on Hostgator and then I moved on and forgot about it because it just works. All right, Hostgator, thank you so much for sponsoring. My right, podcast that, is still on uh, Hostgator and I signed up with that exact link. <laughs> it just works, right? I think, yes, I think I we, we can get carried away with, uh, with hosting companies. Yeah. I think when you're getting started, get started easy. And then if you're not happy, you can, you can migrate away. All right. Yeah. Um, let's let's switch off then to the next thing for you. You started saying, "I need something that's going to be long term that I don't have to worry about what Google's doing." Why did you decide to do automation? We looked at all the topics that we are. Um, we took at it from a different angle, right? We don't care whether it's it'll make money or not. What am I most passionate about? And it's automation. uh operational excellence is something that i've done in my corporate life that is doing my business like managing operations automation is a part of it is just uh, something that i'm very very passionate about so that's why i chose that as a niche and it was not even a, like a choice right so it's just if someone talks to me about um, uh so basically in my corporate role i i was working on how to move product through an assembly line as fast and as efficiently and as much volume as possible uh-huh. and now i use the exact same principles to figure out how to move information through a business system process right there is so many similarities that uh, it was a huge advantage but operational uh, uh, experts are not coming to the information world at all right uh, really wait but when you say automation experts aren't you talking about the people who are doing what is it operation experts oh operation like, experts you're saying yeah so people online. who are working in the factories in china yeah. and japan and yes. i mean yeah those people are not coming to information world but it's the same thing okay and so you have that experience you decide i've been doing this for all these content businesses that's how i run so many businesses so many sites without going nuts what's a what's yeah, a- just i mean i don't think i ever mentioned we how many sites right so we run about 40 sites overall okay. i don't think i ever mentioned in this uh-huh. uh, interview so far we run about 40 sites and in the prime we were uh publishing 400 articles a month right which is yep. like 20 articles a 15 articles a day and uh, uh with a team of uh, 20 people or so and uh, like about.com was publishing uh 4000 articles at that time i remember with uh, like 4000 people or something right so we are publishing 10% with 1% of the people i mean i think that is the nature of any startup in general uh but there is also some advantage of automation and all these operations uh expertise in there okay and so who's the first customer that you got it was an education uh, company they are uh uh they are building uh worksheets on uh, which help 
primary educators um sorry primary school teachers uh educate their kids so they are uh were generating able to generate only one or two uh worksheets per per week and we increased it to almost like 20 so we built a nice air table system where it integrates with their content management system and uh, all the instructions are sent over to specific people and it also gets published onto the site they eventually sell their worksheets and so on and uh, they didn't think uh, it was like scalable to that extent mm -hmm. right just something as simple as building uh, worksheets for uh, primary school teachers so where does the content come from for the worksheets from the so that is one of the things that we help with right so the teacher didn't have to do all of it so we hired a a designer from Philippines uh -huh. who can do 80% uh, of the work. So the teacher, instead of creating the worksheet, she was now creating the template. And that template is used by the designer to build 20 worksheets. Okay. Right? So let's say it's a, it's an alphabet tracing, a template is made and the, uh, the designer makes A to Z capital and small. So there are 52 worksheets now from just one template. Right. So the teacher's work was scalable to like 50 Got times. It. Right? Okay. Uh, now, so with uh, almost the same cost, I mean, we are paying, we added a cost of like 500 a month for the year. We are creating like 50 times more content. I mean, for numbers, it's only zero to 20. We don't go beyond 20. So on an average, at least 20, 30 times uh, increased throughput. How do you, how do you get clients considering that the work is the same, but the clients are so diverse and I don't know that people are looking for this. Are they? Uh, yeah, so there, there are clients looking for this on Upwork and stuff like that, where we apply. And uh, we also have uh, uh, personal connections, we know businesses, and then we know that people, we know that people, we are very heavily optimized and all. So when we know that we want to do it, like people reached out, right? Like we have a, a portfolio of YouTube sites, which we helped automate as well, okay. which was just uh, through a connection or whatever. So there are people looking for it, but not uh, uh, not like writing skill or anything, right? So we get one to two inquiries every week sort of a thing. And we probably get like a client every month sort of a thing. So it's not it's not as in demand as you, you are right in that sense that there's not a ton of people looking for it. But we also want to, how do I say it? We want to improve it further, right? We started with services because consulting the, is the easiest way to see profitability but we are creating content on the site automation engineer because that's our expertise as well. So we are writing, we are looking, uh, writing detailed guides on how to integrate Airtable with Zapier, yep. how to build yep. systems and stuff like that, which also drives content. And we are also eventually planning to build a course on how to work with VAs or how to, you know, how to build a, a virtual team basically. So there are like growth plans or whatever along the way. But uh, we started with consulting because it was the quickest, fastest, easiest, and most profitable to start with. Yeah, I think that makes sense. I think um, I think also what we're finding is there are a lot of people who go to the tools that you've mentioned, know what they could do, and then realize it's going to be murder to do it on their own. Yeah. So you go to Airtable. Yeah. I, I did that. I want you know what I wanted. I just wanted all the highlights in my Kindle book to be tagged properly and organized in a spreadsheet. I got like. 25% of the way there and realized how powerful it was at 75, I got stumped. And yeah. then I went out to look for somebody who can do it. And I think the same things happen for work. 
where you'll find a, you'll find that you could do something and then somewhere you get stuck and that's when you reach out for the for the automation expert yeah 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 you're right i forgot about the main source of lead generation which is answering uh, community questions on airtable like we constantly answer really uh, difficult questions and stuff like that and people often reach out asking hey you seem so knowledgeable like you answer like whatever 150 questions uh, so we want to hire you so that has been helpful as well All right. And on the content sites, it seems like you're starting to switch from just doing articles to doing dashboards and things that are more automated, right? Yeah, it's not automation is not the uh, reason why we are doing it. It's more uh, the like the technicality of building all that uh, keeps uh, the competition low in a, in a way. Meaning right? so anyone can go and write an the- article and put up a word press site on a topic about crypto but it's really hard for somebody to figure out how to get a dashboard that updates properly and adds all the data sources that's what you're thinking yeah that's exactly okay. right we, because it took me 20 hours of learning javascript to even figure out the basics right even on the like the hvac side we were building like calculators and stuff like that which mm-hmm. require you to use html code and stuff like that which are significantly harder to replicate so there is some value add there more than writing uh, hiring a generic writer and writing about content All right, let me close out with this. At one point I was watching you on Facebook. You just basically it seemed like you were traipsing all over the world. Were you taking a year off? What were you up to? Yeah. Yeah, I did take a year off uh, in 2016. So I only had 2 uh, hours per day to work on my business. So I would wake up 1 hour before my wife and sleep 1 hour after her. And in those 2 hours I had to manage the entire business in the beginning stages. So that's why I was forced to like work with VA, project manager and writer and not uh-huh. do all the work. and uh, i took uh, from september 2016 to september 2017 I, i just took a year off and traveled in south america in europe for three months southeast asia for three months and even in india i was in vipassana using doing yoga teacher training i had a blast it was one of the best experiences of my life and i wouldn't trade it for anything which also probably changed my perspective about life overall did you still keep that vibe going now that you're back at daily work Yeah it's been 4 years since we came back and we are sort of on like a mini vacation right now as well i'm kind of taking time away and not working on as much on the business uh but it's hard so i found that it's not like there is no balance right it's not possible to do it sustain for a long term so uh, i'm much more in and out kind of guy so want to work for like 3 years 4 years whatever and take time off and explore and uh, be at peace and probably jump back in a passana what's that Oh, Vipassana is a, a meditation uh, course for 10 days. You are in silence. You're not talking to everybody and you are meditating for 12 hours a day. You're not allowed any inputs, including like writing. Nothing is allowed. So you're just your own thoughts. So you go so deep into your psyche that uh, you know that someone being slapped is so, it always generates so much anger in you because you slapped, it happened to me. I slapped my friend as a kid, which I was very ashamed of. uh right so this happened like what a 20 years ago right so all these things boil to the surface because you are not taking fresh inputs and you can work deeply on your internal issues uh i mean it seems like a long time to commit but like that i have never had so much growth in such a short period of time 10 days those. no external stimulus yes no no phone no phone yeah obviously no, no not even a book no writing no reading any books nothing yeah wow we it's but it's powerful it's it's so powerful 
All right. The website for anyone who wants to follow up with you is automationengineer.io. Are you, are you available? Like if they have a question about a tool that they're using yeah. since you're in the community yeah. with us, can they contact you? Absolutely. Yeah. You can just email me Rohit at automationengineer.io and I will answer you. All right. Rohit at automationengineer.io. Right now he'll answer you. Who knows? Maybe in the future that thing will be automated and you'll have somebody on your team automatically answer. <laughs> but for now, we get direct action access to you. Thanks so much. Congratulations on doing all this. Yeah, thanks, Andrew. It's been uh, almost a dream come, almost, it's absolutely a dream come true to be on Mixergy, right? Like when I was listening to your interviews back in 2015, 2014, I was like, one day, one day I'll build a <laughs> business and <laughs> I want to actually have Andrew interview me and not, uh, uh, and your uh, in podcast as such has been a huge, huge inspiration uh, for both kinds of people. One is like, like Sam Owens and all who are absolutely brilliant and yeah. also other people who are like just regular and have done great things. So that inspires me, right? So yeah. That is one of the best Thanks. things about just hooking up a mic to my computer all those years ago and starting it, starting to interview people. It's been great. And I'm glad yeah. that you and I've stayed together, uh, stayed in touch for this whole length of time. Cool. Thank you. Thanks everyone. And remember it's uh, automationengineer.io. And I want to thank the two sponsors who made this interview happen. The first, if you need a website hosted, go to hostgator.com slash Mixergy. And the second, when you're ready to get uh, SEO software for free, Go to mixergy.com slash semrush. Thank you. Thanks for it. See you.